Welcome to the Dave Squared Podcast. I'm David Kramer coming to you from Northern California. And I'm Dave Blasco from Arizona. Dave and I have been friends since the early 1980s when we were college roommates. And we finally found a medium to share our wisdom with the world or at least our opinions. Between us, we have two engineering degrees, two master's degrees, an economics degree, and over 60 years of work experience. And we're making this podcast together to try to help each other and hopefully you, the listener, save some money. So, Mr. Kramer, what is topic of the day? Uh, we have a very special guest today, Dave. We are joined by my good friend, Steve Kelly, uh, who is an electrical engineer by training and is a professional in energy storage. Works all across the world in that. And more importantly for us, he most recently has installed it at his own house so he can talk to us civilians about how to do it. Steve Kelly, welcome to the uh, Dave Squared Podcast. Thank you, David. It's nice to be here. So, Steve, tell us a little bit about your setup. Uh, Dave has had solar for years. I am uh, a Luddite behind the times, and um, I feel bad about it. But tell us what you've got going. Sure. Um, Well, this is the second time I've installed solar on a house, and I was waiting until my roof failed um, to actually install it. So I've been living in the house for about nine years, and finally it was time to replace the roof, and I made the decision to install solar and storage together. Um, I had previously worked at SunPower, and I like their technology. They have a little more high-efficient panels, so I can put... um, less panels on my roof for the same output and I elected to do an eight almost an eight kilowatt solar system which offsets about 95 percent of the electricity that I've been using Uh, I also have an electric vehicle so um, I knew that uh, in future we planned to add more electric vehicles so I wanted to make sure I had enough electricity to power all of my new electronics but I've also noticed over the years that my electricity has continued to drop as, as appliances have gotten more efficient. Um, in about halfway through uh, the process, I decided to add battery storage. Um, given that I was in the industry, and even though the economics were not as attractive as I would have hoped, um, I made the decision to basically you know, eat my own dog food and, uh, and, and went down this journey, which I thought was pretty interesting and fascinating and challenging at the same time. So you have to go back um, almost 22 months is when I first signed the agreement. And um, the solar was installed within about nine months, but the battery took significantly longer. This was back when Tesla, I had decided on a Tesla power pack um, and was told the wait time was going to be nine months for that unit. So I said, that's fine. Well, nine months came and went, and they said it's probably going to be another six months. And at that time, I chose to look at different technologies. And I looked at LG, um, I looked at Sonnen, a couple of different battery manufacturers, and was about to make the decision on the LG battery system um, when I found out it could only power two... Um, 30 amp breakers which is not what I wanted I wanted my whole house to be backed up and so unfortunately neither one of those solutions made sense for me and I went back to the power wall and had them install a a single power wall which is just over 13 kilowatt hours of batteries with a 5 kilowatt inverter so 
about 95% of the time my house never exceeds five kilowatts unless I'm charging a vehicle and running a number of things. And so I'm able to run a full backup power with solar on my house um, and I'm really loving it. So I'll pause there and let you ask some questions. Hey Steve, Dave Blasco here. Thanks for joining us today. Um, I've been interested in this technology. Like uh, Kramer said, I installed solar power on my house about 10 years ago. Is this the second install on this particular house? You said it's your second install. No, uh, we have uh, another house that we installed solar on, but this is the first time solar has been installed on this house. Oh, okay. And I, just for our listeners out there, I think you did a really smart thing is to replace the roof first because I made sure I did that back in 2010. I have... Um, in Arizona, the uh, their concrete tiles are pretty popular, so taking those things off are super labor intensive. So I made sure I replaced the paper, the felt paper underneath them before we put them on, so I wouldn't have to muck with that, you know, for um, during the hopefully the majority of the lifetime of the panels. So that I think that's a really smart thing to do. Dave, I would agree. How does that size of solar compare with yours? Uh, uh, it's a good question. I think I think uh, Steve, you said you had an eight thousand watt system. Correct. Yeah, I've got a five thousand watt system. I would have done a little bit more, um, but the my utility here, SRP, is the is one of the two big utilities in the Phoenix area. Uh, stopped the rebates at five thousand. I probably would have gone eight thousand if I could, but the economics of it. I wanted a five year payback, and back in two thousand ten, the payback was. Um, capped at 5,000 and that at that time it produced about 40% of the power and lately it's been producing 60% of the power just because Steve like you have probably got some more energy efficient appliances in the house I do it's interesting on the first solar system we had originally sized that of only 80% of the load and within three years it was offsetting over 100% of the load so things are definitely getting more efficient yeah. Um, do you, uh, uh, so I interesting. So you've had the uh, Powerwall up for you said uh, about a little over a year now. It will. It's been about nine months now. Awesome. And so far, you're uh, you're enjoying it. I am. I I'm probably the only one uh, here in Belmont that wants the power to go out so I can actually test it. Um, <laughs> but. Um, I'm actually using the bulk of the energy storage system today. Well, first of all, one, a couple of things I really like about it that I think surprised me was how flexible and interactive and easy to use the Tesla software app is for your phone. Um, now, granted, I do this for a living. I My house is on a time of use EV charging rate, which means it is very, very expensive. I'm paying almost 52 cents a kilowatt hour between the hours of 4 and 9 p.m. Wow, that is expensive because uh, I know my average kilowatt per hour is like 13 cents here. Yeah. Approximately, depends on the time of year. It, it, exactly. I mean, this this incentive, this tariff is designed to penalize you heavily if you decide to charge your car during those hours. Um, so one of the things we do is the solar system recharges the battery every morning and at 4 o'clock p.m., the battery starts discharging and basically is covering 100% of the load in the house till about 9 p.m. Gotcha. And then, oops, sorry. I'm just, I was curious because I, I think uh, Tesla 
started marketing this about 24 months ago, and I know I got a brochure in the mail, and I, and I looked at it. I'm curious. I'm really curious in, you know, how you, you like it, if you will, but you guys, both in Belmont, you have, you have gas in your neighborhoods. Is that correct? We do. So do you, and like Kramer, you guys use gas for heating your hot water heater, I'm pretty sure. And I was, I think, you do you use gas to heat your home? Yes, and uh, for the clothes dryer and for cooking. Gotcha. Okay. And that, that's what it was going to be my, one of my questions, Steve, because when I looked at it, I have like an all-electric home where we have don't have gas in the neighborhood, probably never will. So my uh, energy uh, usage is quite a bit more. As I was, I was looking at this today to size it, so interesting. Okay. Um, uh, and Steve, when you installed this, did it? Did you have any surprises, or did it go right to plan? Um, well, it took him a while to figure out how to do it. I've got a 1940s home, and I think they sent two different electrical engineers out to figure out how to wire it. Um, I think my biggest challenge were they they couldn't figure out where to put the main panel, and we had to change the service location. Um, install a new sub panel so I put in a 225 watt or amp panel which I would recommend if you're doing this go bigger now um, and change it once that's one of the lessons I've learned over doing solar a couple times is if you're gonna change the electrical infrastructure oversize it and you'll never have to deal with it again um, but that was really a challenge I think of getting it it configured correctly and then put in place um, once we figured that out the installation was two days. They had the unit operating, and uh, and I've I've really enjoyed it more than I thought I would uh, by having it on. So, Steve, uh, you like me live in an older house in a weird neighborhood with lots of hills, and uh, your garage isn't even connected to the house. Did you? Where did they put the actual uh, the battery panel? So the battery panel is actually on our main house, and, and you're right, we have a detached garage. So the way the configuration went is originally our main power came into the garage, and there was a sub-panel that basically fed into the main house. My house has been remodeled a number of times over the years, and each person who owned it seemed to have a different idea of how to <laughs> move electricity through the house. So it's a bit of a mess. Um, and that was what was really causing a lot of the problem was do we change the, the main feed from the utility to the main house and rewire everything. Um, what we actually decided to do was run the main power back into the garage, feed the solar separately, and trench along the house to the main house just for the solar. So the solar energy and the main line come in together at the garage, and then we just powered the house through the original lines that were existing before we started it. So that's given us some, uh, it was a much easier and, and less costly than rewiring the whole house. What I also did though is put in a new sub panel where the solar system came in. So any future work on the house, I could now run electricity off this new sub panel and that would also be um, behind the battery storage system so it could provide power when the grid goes out. So the, the battery pack is not that big but you have to keep what 30 inches clear in front of it right yeah osha requirements a working area just like they would for hvac or any other appliance like that all right so you can't really slip it into a closet or anything it's got to be a an exterior wall or something with double doors um 
I'm not aware of any requirements you can't put in a closet as long as you can open it up and have access to service it, but I'm not an expert there, so I would check with your local code requirements. But one of the nice things about the power walls, which is a new feature, is they can stack on each other. So they basically piggyback uh, one on, on in front of the other. So um, if I ever wanted to add capacity, I literally can just hang another one right on the front of it, and it's a single connection to my current unit and uh, something I'm uh, excited about, but have not yet chosen to do. Like a, pan, like a pancake, Steve. Like so they just stack on top of one another out from exactly. the house? Exactly. Uh, yep. Oh, interesting. Huh. And the unit, it looked, I was looking at a picture of it. The unit is like six or eight inches. Is that the, how far it comes out from the house or less than a foot, it seemed like? I think with the bracket everything else, I'd be surprised if it's five, more than five inches. Okay. No, that is small. Yeah, it looked it looked really super Maybe slim. Six. I was yeah. I was looking at the website this morning. Interesting. Um, well, how long is the warranty that comes with it? So it's a ten-year performance warranty um, on the unit, and, and then it's I'm based on a D rate. So I need to double check, but I'm I am pretty sure it's at the end of ten years. It has at least eighty percent capacity, but I would need to double check that. It's either seventy or eighty. I got you. Yeah, I, I have a Nissan Leaf, and I know Kramer has a Tesla, and I said you have an electric car, and I think all our warranties are something like that. After so many years, it has to some, have some percentage of the usable battery life or something like that, which is good to know because they will degradate over over time. Well, in, interesting. Steve, can you share with us how much it costs for the adding the, the charging to the system? I sure can't. You, you mean the battery, right? Yeah, the storage, yeah. Um, so the the list price for installation and the unit from the solar company that I worked with was right about $11,000. Um, I had to pay an additional about $1,000 plus um, based on my unique requirement of my house, which I still to this day wonder if I just paid more margin to them or if that was really the case. But needless to say, we, we agreed upon it and I had it installed. Now, one of the nice things in California is we have an S-chip incentive, which is the self-generation incentive program. And that, at the time, paid $0.35 cents per watt hour for the system. So I got just almost about $3,600 back from that incentive program. But because I installed it with the solar system, I also received a 30% federal in tax incentive. Hmm. So I had almost $7,000 of incentives that um, were allowed for that, um, and that offset, offset the cost quite a bit. Now, the challenge I had was really trying to calculate my time of use structure and how many kilowatt hours I would be able to you know, displace from that $0.52 cents per kilowatt hour. And I, I started running a number of models and finally said, you know what, you really don't know because I didn't have enough good data from PG&E and I was adding a new HVAC system. And so I thought it's going to be a bit. Um, and so unfortunately, I don't, I don't have what I would say is reliable data on how much I actually saved with the battery. But I'm hoping at the end of this year, I'll be able to reverse engineer that and figure out, uh, hopefully it'll pay back in less than 10 years. Okay, so right now, I, that was going to be one of my questions, is you, you are looking at a 10-year payback on the system. I, I don't know what the payback is, but I made a mental note. I made the decision, it doesn't matter if it's more than 10 years, I'm in this industry, I want to do it. Mm. Now, 
the California PUC just approved a new incentive program for areas that are uh, impacted by the wildfires. And they're actually paying now a dollar ten percent or a dollar ten per watt incentive starting April of this year, and they tripled the budget for residential. So that would have paid a hundred percent of the battery. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're in California, in an investor-owned utility in a wildfire area, and they have a map of that on their website, uh, they do have some income requirements. So if you make a ton of money, you probably don't qualify. But um, I would look into it, and it may give you a free battery. Do you have to have solar to do that, or could you just get a battery? Um, it is for resiliency, so you would need a way to have on-site generation. I see. But unless you have a small wind farm or a fuel cell, uh, I'm assuming 99% <laughs> of the people will have solar. Interesting. I, I was curious, Steve, you said here the way my system is set up is we're tied back to you, you, the central utility, and theoretically you get a credit back for this, the, what you, your overproduction. Mine doesn't, I have minimal overproduction because, like I said, it was sized at, at a 5,000 watt system and it covers like 60% of my usage. But if the power goes out here, the solar system won't power the house because it shuts the breaker off because it back feeds. But if your if your electricity goes out, will will it'll power your house? It sounds like it, it does, and that that's a great point. I think most people do not understand if you just put solar on and do not put switch gear to isolate from the grid, your house house will not have power when the grid goes down. So as part of the installation, they set up a transfer switch that isolates our power consumption from the grid. And once that's completed, then it switches over to the battery and will power the house. Um, I, I've yet to actually see it happen, but it's m- what I hear is it's like a flicker of the lights and it converts right over. That's interesting. Um, yeah, I was I was thinking about that today. Or I will say of the places I've lived, this is the most reliable place. I think um, the power has been out of my house five times in 23 years for more than a minute. Um, so we have super reliable power. So... But when it does go up, people have asked me, they said, oh, you can power your house. Like, no, you can't because you can't, by rule, you can't backfeed through the system. Um, but it's interesting. Uh, have you guys been impacted by any power outages because of the wildfires in your neighborhood? Not yet. Um, I have not, but uh, the bulk of my neighbors had. We're, we were happened to be on a circuit that did not go down um, this year. But uh, I could see right above me all of my neighbors did not have power. So even though, like I said, I was hoping to be the only one in the neighborhood with power, that didn't occur. Mm -hmm. It's interesting when I lived in Utah about 20 years ago for just sort of a couple of years, and they had a a horrible time where I worked in the uh, kind of the Salt Lake City west side of town where the power would go out just multiple times a day. And at our plant, we we had a rule where if the power went out the second time, we just turned the backup generator on and run the rest of the shift on backup generator. But I could see... This would be very beneficial, perhaps, maybe if you lived in a in a place that might get hit by hurricanes. I'm thinking people in South Florida bought, um, you know, uh, generators uh, or folks like yourself in California that were impacted by wildfire shutting down the power uh, might be very beneficial from that perspective. Definitely. Or a more economical approach is a natural gas generator. Uh, as long as they don't shut off the natural gas, you could run that continuously without solar. Interesting. Steve, to get the uh, Tesla 
product. Did you have to go through the Tesla Solar Company, Solar City? I did not. No, they they've got a broad distribution um, that they that they sell to, um, and from what I hear, the production has increased and the wait times have dropped dramatically. Hmm. Boy, I have a distinct memory when they first announced this several years ago that they were supposed to cost like three thousand dollars. Maybe I'm misremembering. No, you're right. If you actually look at, if you you can buy the battery directly from Tesla, and the list price I think was just under sixty five hundred. The problem is at the time Tesla had used up all of its incentive. They have a manufacturer cap or developer cap they call it for the S chip incentive. So even though the battery price was only sixty five hundred, everyone in the market knew you couldn't get it from Tesla. So they basically set the market price at you know the non-incentive price <laughs> so um hmm. hopefully that will correct itself but uh yeah because my first attempt was to buy it directly from tesla and have them give me the s-chip incentive and install it myself i'm probably one of the few people that my friends make fun of that i installed my own tesla charger uh i like as being an electrical engineer i like to tinker and uh I was definitely thinking about doing this on my own, but uh, with those, I, I was forced not to be able to. I was surprised uh, that you didn't build one out of old car batteries in series. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think I have enough uh, challenges at work where we tried to do that with some old um, Honda batteries, and uh, it's a lot more work than you think. <laughs> Interesting. Um, so the um, you're you've got one unit, but you're thinking about adding an, another one. So did you said you can just basically buy that, and the installers would come out and just basically they would plug into the original unit, and so the installation cost would be pretty low in that case. I would sure think so. I I would argue pretty dramatically that it should not cost much at all. Hmm. Do you see any use case for adding another one? It sounds like you've got plenty of capacity for your house. Um, I'm, I need to really look at this after the first year. So not having a full year, I'm not sure. Um, right now, I think I'm okay with my current um, usage. But if we add another electric vehicle to the household, I think I'm going to exceed those requirements. Would you consider, now that you are uh, can get power from the sun, uh, switching over to electric water heaters and electric heat? Um, given I just installed a brand new unit at my house, uh, probably not. <laughs> um, if my, my water heater is going to fail sometime in the next, I'd say, three to five years, and... I have not yet made a determination of going electric or to go an inline, but I'm definitely going to move to a tankless unit. I'm definitely going to move away from a large, sta you know, standard uh, water heater. <laughs> do you guys, Steve? Do you you said you had an HVAC system at your place. Do you have a, a central air at your place there? We do. We just installed it this year. But it runs off gas or it runs off electricity as the power source. Um, it mainly runs off gas to heat, um, yep, yep. but it's got a small electrical load. Gotcha. And then it, it does have cooling, though. Is that it? 
So, so so unfortunately in our house it was incredibly difficult to to have a single unit that would do both so we installed a traditional heating central air downstairs and later this year we are installing a heat pump upstairs to cool the house that will have a much higher electrical requirement and does not requ require gas so that will increase our electric load yeah i was just i was just curious because like i said i have an all-electric house here we don't have gas in the neighborhood we'll likely never have gas in the neighborhood but uh so i think my i was looking at this today my electrical requirements are probably greater especially trying to cool this place in this you know hot 106 degree heat that we have through june july and august yeah there are several cities in california now which are uh, not allowing any new gas installations um it's got the chefs in an uproar in particular but uh it's driving costs up for commercial boilers that kind of thing it's interesting. I miss having the gas, but I guess I'm over that. Um, but I do miss like having a gas stove, and it's cheaper to heat the you know the water heater with gas. And I you can actually buy a gas powered. I, I don't. I didn't realize, it, but you can buy. My uh, father-in-law had a gas powered uh, uh, system in his house to for the HVAC. Gas powered air conditioner. Yeah. They're not very efficient, I don't think. But if you have gas, it might be cheaper to do that than it is electricity. But t today's today's um, HVAC systems got a, a lot more efficient, Steve. And I've had the similar situation with yours. We replaced the HVAC system in, in 2010, and just uh, my electrical usage has gone down quite a bit in over the last 10 years. Yeah, I agree. And one of the things that I think was a really interesting side benefit of installing the energy storage system is the app will show you your household load, you know, really every, I think it's every five minutes. Um, and it'll also show you the solar production. Uh, it'll also show you the battery storage. And then it will show you what the grid sees with, with or without any of those. And one of the things that's really made me realize is the amount of electricity our dryer uses um i mean when it kicks on it it's a funny story my wife one day i'm looking i'm showing someone at work how my battery system is offsetting all my load at peak time and uh she had been home using the dryer right at about two o'clock and i see this you know huge spike show up that's tripled the load in the house and the guy's like what's that and and i i'm texting my wife going are you using a dryer right now doing laundry <laughs> <You know? It's> busted <laughs> Well, don't tell anybody, but I've got an idea for a uh, solar clothes dryer. There you go. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We, um, it's interesting. Uh, we have uh, three time-of-use plans in Arizona with my utility here, and I used to be on um, one of them, but I've decided with the solar electricity, I've just gone off the time-of-use plan because it was saving like 20 bucks maybe a year because of the way the solar you know brings the brings a lot of the energy in during the peak periods if you will so i just this year it's interesting i i i went off it steve because of the very issue where like i couldn't get everybody to be on board with the timing like is the dryer going right now <laughs> during the peak periods right and that just negates all the savings yeah every few weeks i have to go out to my wife's electric car and put the timer back on so it doesn't start charging till midnight because she's not very patient but it's very expensive to charge it before nine o'clock so so david you know you can program that inside the car you can't she keeps turning it off oh i see yeah that's a problem <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
so I had, you know, like, I, so I just, I finally said, no, I'm going to stop. I'm going to do the, I'm, I took us off the time of use plan because it was like plus or minus 20 bucks for the whole year just because of the way it works out. And I'd look at it and, like I said, you you muck up the dryer a couple times. It's like you've blown it because you're paying three times more, four times more for the time of use at that time of day. So, so Steve, you're still selling a lot of power back to the grid or is that minimal? Um, I set my threshold only to use 50% of the capacity of the batteries um, to put back to the grid. And I would say in the winter, I'm probably delivering 60% of what we consume is being powered by the batteries. Uh, in in midsummer, we were doing 100%. Hmm. It's just because the production of solar in the winter is so much lower um, I'm only allowed to use what was contrib- what was um, what was recharging the battery. So it's a little bit different. And I was also a little bit concerned of using 100% of the battery every day because the more I do deep discharges, um, the faster it derates the batteries. Mm-hmm. So it's this math equation, I think, of do you derate the battery sooner uh, or um, do you have you know, savings in the winter. So I'm still trying to figure all that out, but it's it's part of the equation in my head. One more question about your solar. Your neighborhood and, and your yard in particular, you've got a lot of very old trees. Did you have to do any serious trimming to uh, get enough sunlight to your panels? Uh, unfortunately, we, we, were, we did not. Uh, our, our city is very concerned about taking trees down. What I did do is I put power optimizers on all of my panels because in the winter right now, I get a lot of shading as the sun is pretty low. Um, We've got some high trees right next to me in my neighbor's yard. In the summer, they're less impactful, but I also have a chimney that shades a few of the panels. So what a power optimizer does is if you didn't have those, the entire array or string would drop to the lowest level of panel production. So if you had 10 panels in a series and one of them had half of it shaded, all of them would act like they're shaded the same way. Um, With a power optimizer, they're all individually, uh, the production is based on the individual amount of the panels. So nine of them would be producing at full level and that one would only be, be producing at half the level. I was under the impression, Steve, that in California you could require your neighbors to cut their trees back uh, to uh, increase your solar. I don't want to say optimize. I think that's only if those trees grew after you put your system in. I don't think you're allowed to put up something and say, now you have to cut your trees down. But the laws may have changed. I don't know if I'd recommend it. Uh, (laughs) I, I wouldn't appreciate it for my neighbors. (laughs) <laughs> One way to get in good with your neighbors, right? <laughs> make them make capture a 100-year-old oak tree. Oh, my gosh. Huh. All well, right. I, I could improve my view by putting a small solar system in the front yard and having him do it, right? I'm not suggesting that in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness uh, sakes. All right. Well, this was very informative. I still find the whole thing a little intimidating. Uh, my plan is I'm waiting for my roof to wear out, and then I'm going to try and put in a Tesla solar roof, the glass ones, because they look really cool. Um, but fortunately, my roof seems to be holding up very well. The pictures on that thing look very nice. It looks very aesthetically pleasing. They seem to be taking a long time to deliver them. 
It does seem, it seem that way, because I think they have been talking about him for a few years now. There's a couple of them around, but I haven't actually seen one on this side of the bay. But we should wrap it up. Uh, we're over 30 minutes, and uh, our our listeners are probably in their car listening to uh, p- before they go to work, and we don't want them to get fired. So, uh, Steve, thank you for being on. I hope thank you'll you, come back again. Glad to be here. We'd love to hear you talk about some of your other expertise in uh, particularly uh, uh, butchery and fishing. Um, <laughs> but we're going to sign off for now. Uh, thanks again. And uh, I will talk to you, Dave Blasco, very shortly. And Steve, I will see you around town. All right, guys. Take care, gentlemen. Take care, gentlemen.